Welcome, blockheads slash Oscar fans, to a very special episode of The Writer's Block with me, J.R. Havlin. It's the classic What's It Like to Write for the Academy Awards episode, featuring two guys who actually wrote for the Academy Awards, me and my excellent guest, Rory Albanese, the executive producer of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Here's the deal. Depending on when you listen to this, the Academy Awards are, or were, on Sunday the 24th. And you undoubtedly will or did enjoy them immensely, and hopefully will or did win your Oscar pool. Of course, my boss, John Stewart, hosted the awards in 2006 and 2008. I was fortunate enough uh, to be invited out both of those years as a writer. And in 2008, Rory also came out to the Oscars and acted as head writer and producer of pretty much any part of the show that featured John. And, well, we've got a few stories to share with you. How did we put the show together? What's it like working alongside legendary Oscars producer Gil Cates? Who stands in for the celebrities during rehearsals? How many jokes were written on the fly the night of the broadcast? What was it about the writer's dinner with John the night before the show that forced us to head right for the drive through at In-N-Out Burger on our way home? What the hell is Cat Zeppelin? Am I just making questions up at this point? You'll find out soon enough. It was an awesome experience. And Rory and I happily and giddily reminisce as we take you behind the scenes of Hollywood's biggest night. It's all happening right here on the Writer's Block, so what are we waiting for? Let's do this. challenge is probably higher than it's ever been as far as because like John always says the joke writing is the easy that's a fucking easy part it's man. So he's true. right no I mean and that the thing is it sucks for me I'm more of a joke well, but it doesn't suck for you because I think Not what we've bit. done in the over the years I mean, and you've been here just as the show has grown is that we've figured out that you need different first of all you need different styles of writers to put a writing team together do you know what i'm saying like everyone can't have the same exact strengths and weaknesses so you have all these different types of writers like some people are you know i mean look at the jason ross thing we were joking about today so, you know he knows a lot about finance and every time a finance headline comes up he's like hey buddy like have a good day there <laughs> you know too bad you learned anything about yeah. the economy because your you life is that. Yeah, exactly well, the first yeah. time you picked like, up the you, wall street you, journal yeah. you didn't know what a mistake well, you were yeah, making the joke was you know he hit a car he hit a gypsy with his car and she was reading the wall street journal you know she's like i will curse you forever you know <laughs> and it's and it's uh but I'm saying so when you say yeah, but you're an amazing joke writer. So, but the, you, even the writing process here now, a lot of it, especially the first stages of it, are just grueling. It's just reading through transcripts, watching six hours of C-SPAN, breaking down real issues, gun control, all these things, into like kind of like digestible pieces of comedy, and then yeah, it gets easier to put jokes on it as the day goes on because like the heavy lifting has been everything's been filtered yeah, through, yeah. you know. So. Well, it's the framing, which I've always said in any interviews that I have about the whole thing. It's like the first, you know, it's like, how does your day go? Well, the first thing we do is we have all the information. We know what's, we have tons of stories to choose from. It's a matter of how we're going to frame, can we frame these stories in an interesting way? And that's often how we end up picking them. Yeah, and I think it's very similar to, I mean, it's the same process if you're making a, if you're doing a sitcom. Because they have that, those meetings with a group where they break the story. And then they give out the the individual yeah, right. assignment to the writer. So it was like, what are you doing when you break a story? You're figuring out what's going to happen across the half hour of that sitcom. 
which to me has always been the hardest part or the most intimidating part of writing a screenplay or a sitcom is going, all right, what happened? All right, my characters are up a tree. You know, like, am I on page 30? Like, where am I supposed to be? Like, there's that, there's certain of a, 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 of a formula to it, which is not that it's hard to learn that formula as much as it's, your impulse is always to sort of break it or whatever. And it's like, no, just first get that structure down and or, then you could pepper the jokes in. But you know? also don't even need to go by those by those structures necessarily. I remember hearing about the Coen brothers. I don't know if they do this with everything, but I think this was with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou or something, or maybe that was just a movie that I thought of when I heard this and how the hell do you do something like that, although it kind of made sense. And that is that they don't know how any of their, their movies are going to end when they start writing them. And they don't even talk about it. They just start writing. Hmm. And so they let themselves go wherever it takes them. And then and then they figure out, you know, they make it all make sense. I don't know how true that is, but that's that's what I heard. And then there's another one I had. A, I, I, I was just going to say about like the Coen brothers, though. Those guys are really talented. I'm talking about me. Oh, know? right. Yeah, you're going to well, <laughs> no, let's believe let's, me, uh, I appreciate okay. the comparison. No, but right, I, I right now, though, right more now, in the though, sitcom the, world, though. Right now, the, the, uh, the, the droves of listeners are, are wondering maybe who me is. Oh, yeah. Even though I've introduced you in the introduction. Oh, right, but right. Yeah, still, I'm... Hi gonna, there, everybody. Uh, yeah, welcome. Well, <laughs> well, me just changed. Too. We got it's it, too. Drunken Howard Cosell. <laughs> this is uh, uh, Rory Albany's executive producer of The Daily Show with uh, John Stewart. Rory, say hello. Hi, everybody. There you go. That's your proof. That's yeah, the proof that's... reel right there. Man. All it's you need deal. to do is run the app that tells you whose voice this is. And yeah. Show. yeah, you just voice out the Shazam. Just <laughs> yeah. Shazam on it. Yeah. And it'll come up like, I don't know, Scott Stapp? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not is. Casey Kasem? That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, so this is the uh, Oscar episode, my friend. This is the Oscar episode. We're oh, going right. to get to that's that. right, that's right. We are, John, of course, hosted the um, Oscars uh, twice, 2006 and 2008. Yep. I believe you became you did not go to 2006 you were, no, it was you were actually, not producing the show yet at that point no, right? i was it was i wasn't the ep and i was um, i was running the studio department but i worked on all of those films i worked on all of the the mini movies oh the mini movies so yeah, it sure. ended up being kind of a, a, a pain in the ass that it didn't go because i was you know i had my weekend in new york and then I was getting phone calls going, hey, we need this change or this change. Yeah, you guys going, were working hey, very hard because yeah, yeah, was, all the movies that, right. that, that we did were, and I, please, I think, I feel like there were more, was more of that in 2006 than in 2008, Tons right? more. And yeah. we, and I thought actually some of the stuff that didn't make air just because of time, and particularly when you're not in the room watching, you know, at the, Gil Cates was a producer, watching him make the decisions. When you watch the show air, you're going, oh, what happened to that other thing? And then when I went there in 08 and I was sitting in, in a part of the process, yeah. I was going, oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what was your title on the on the Oscar broadcast for 2008? For 2008, my title, I was just a writer, I think. But I acted as, because our head writer at the time was DJ, I think, and or, or Steve. One of them wasn't there. But it seemed like you yeah. were I kind of all, ended but, up being, all but well, producing. This. Yeah, I, I was mean, a co-EP, I think, on The Daily Show. You were at least show. producing John's end of it. Yeah, I, sure. was, I was definitely running John's end of it. And had a lot of very cool experiences because Gil, being this like, Gil Cates, who who just passed away about a year and a half ago, was this old school. I mean, they kind of don't make them like that anymore. You know is, what I mean? Like an like, old oh, school. Seriously, what the fuck? Oh, well, well, there, I guess. the uh, yeah, it's it's like a um, uh, it's like Git Shorty style. Yeah, like, you know? right. Like white goatee, like white hair. Kind of look like um, Stan Lee almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah, kind of, well. and just like 
old school style of producing that I was just like his office which was the makeshift office they do at the theater he had like a couple bottles of scotch on the table and like some M&M's you know what I mean it was like we're staying late let's eat some M&M's and drink but some scotch but none of it was a show it seemed like, like oh, he no. fit the role oh, that's was, the... he was very comfortable in those shoes oh completely and yeah. knew everybody in Hollywood oh Nicholson doesn't want to I just talked to Jack or that. I mean he knew you know he's, he'd been a part of that world for so long and so for me the experience was particularly fun because I always find when you're doing something and this is what you were talking about at the show, the daily show. One of the reasons I think both of us have been able to stay here as long as we have is we're still learning and doing new things and have new challenges. We're willing to learn, willing to learn. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you get to a place in any job, I feel like where you're going there every day and you haven't learned anything new and there's no challenge, I think it gets probably pretty boring and you feel a little bit um, drained by it. So um, the guilt experience was just, First of all, there was the experience I had, which was the fir- my my favorite story the whole weekend was the first night we got there, we're sitting in Gil's office. It was John and I, Gil, and a couple of his producers who were also older guys because uh-huh. his whole team, even like the ones you'd be like, hey, bring that kid in here. And the guy would come in to be like 45, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, like- but, but the interesting thing was that like, uh, um, I, I got this vibe and I, I'm not saying this in a, bad, in, in a bad way. I don't even know if it'll come across that way, but it was sort of like when you're in that setting you uh you don't know if you're um if if you're learning what to do or learning what not to do anymore yeah do you know what I mean? I, and well this was what happened to me this was the first learning experience i had so i'm sitting in that in gill's office you know they got the scotch or whatever out and i'm there with john and none of us are drinking except kind of the older you know i'm like holding a glass of scotch but not drinking it because <laughs> right. it's like five in the afternoon you know and i like got work to do yeah and, and i had um, a beer already yeah right hand. exactly and um so they're putting the board together and basically putting John cards, you know, the TV across the board, uh, no pun intended, but there's a, usually a cork board, just an old school. I know. have a, I have a picture of me in front of that board. I'll, I'll, I'll right. tweet it yeah. for, as part of this episode. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just it, the regular, it's just the lineup of who's right. going the li- lineup or in a show like the Oscars when there's one <laughs> show, it's the rundown of that show. And it's just with index cards on a cork board. And um, so they're putting on these green index cards that say, like, John does this here. John does this here. So we know where he's coming in and out on stage and blah, blah, blah. And that's how the rundown's built. So then John leaves because he was just got out to L.A. and he had a week to prepare. And, he, you know, it was getting later in the night. It was probably at this point, it's like 8 o'clock or something, 8.30. So he got out of there and I hung out because I had to go over a few more things with those guys. And all of a sudden, Gil got up. He's going, you know, I'm looking at this board. And he starts pulling some of John's stuff off the board and John's out of the room. And now I'm the only guy in the room. It's me and these like five old timers. We've been working. So since, you can't like, be like, well, button in like, Hey, what are you doing? Well, there, so I, Gil? so I like had a choice to make and I went, I went like this. Hey, Gil. I was like, I wouldn't take any of those cards off the board. And I was like, uh Oh, like the whole room. Oh, change, yeah, you know what I mean? Like one of the guys like had like this gotcha up to his lips. <laughs> he just put a it. Scotch like, yeah, exactly. They were like, uh, you, it's almost like the old west. It was like, did I hear right? Yeah, yeah you know, like fucking tumbleweed goes exactly. And like you know, the barber like closes his, his shutters. You know, like oh boy. And he turned around. He's like, what? I'm like, listen, man. I was like, I I know this is your show, and I respect that. I was like, I've worked with John for a very long time, and he gets TV, and he understands. He's not just a host, man. He's a writer. He's a producer, and he gets it on every level. And if you want to make changes to this board that we all sat here for the last three hours and figured out. I would wait until the morning and do it with John because he will understand your logic, but it will be weird for him to come in tomorrow and things be different. 
And he just kind of like looked at me, put the cards back, and then nothing was said. And there was this awkward silence for probably like five or ten minutes. The meeting wrapped and I left and I went back to my hotel. Oh, like the classic Freaking like com- comedian like. I'll take that scotch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll take this to go. Thanks. Yes. And then, you know, I spent the whole night in that like renaissance hotel. Just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Went in the next morning, saw John in the, you know, in his dressing room slash office that was there. And Gil came in and John reintroduced me to Gil. He's like, girl, you remember, you know. As though we hadn't just spent the whole night with the guy, but just trying to be friendly. And Gil like didn't say two words to me, and then he left after he talked to John. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I, I didn't even mention it to John. I was just kind of like, "Oh shit!" You know, this is not so good. And I said to him like, "I think I kind of pissed him off last night." And then um, later in the day, Gil was in this in the Oscars, in which is also fun because they put all those cardboard heads you know what i mean they put the yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. of yeah. all of where the actors are going to be i have some of that too yeah uh, you should yeah. put those up so it's like the, they put like you know it's like philip seymour Hoffman, but it's like when, a, this is the, what, what we're, we're always talking about is uh, um is when when you do the tech rehearsals for all the camera shots and all that stuff uh they'll just have anybody up there oh and man we got to talk about the stand and we guys. will we oh will do God. that next yeah so the um so you you and they just have regular people go up and 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 do like John's bits or whatever. They're not really doing any bits. They're just taking up the time. And so that when they're sweeping through the crowd and they want to make sure that they get a shot of Kate Blanchett, there's a a, a, po- a cardboard poster with Kate Blanchett's picture on it sitting in Kate Blanchett's chair so that they have the all the angles down and stuff like exactly. that. So all these all these you see where they're all sitting and they're all all the all the cardboard yeah, things it's basically are like, So you sit next to them yeah. like you're taking a picture right, with them exactly. what we kept doing it. And they do it at all these awards shows because I worked on the SBs for Riggle this past year and it was the same thing. So Gil's office, I mean where Gil's as the executive producer of an award show like that, your office is essentially besides his work office with a phone and a desk, he's got a little area set up in the middle of the um, theater, which is the Kodak Theater. So he's on this kind of, he, they put a bench across the seats and he sits on this bench and he's got his TV monitors and his phones and he's calling and making changes and they're running rehearsals and things. So I'm walking through the theater and I hear, hey, Rory. And he, from across the theater, calls me over to him. And I have like this like long walk of like this guy. Gil, is about oh, you, to, and you yeah. haven't talked to him yet. No, I haven't talked to him yeah. since the night before. And I'm like, oh, I'm no. about to get destroyed. <laughs> right. And, and then he like tells his like three of his like, Guy, the guys that work for me, he's like, slide out. I got to talk to this kid. You know what I'm really? like? Oh, shit. God. And I slide all the way down this bench. like, And he goes, I got to talk to you. I go, okay. And he goes, something happened last night. Like that. I go, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking to me. He goes, and I have to say, I'm extremely impressed. And I went, really? He goes, I have to say, you know, took a lot of balls to tell me that really? in my own office. Oh, and I went, really? God. He goes, perfect. Yeah, and it was like perfect. the thing you would hope happened in a movie. Yeah, right. And then he was like, after, and then he That's basically crazy. said to me, he goes, listen, he's like, I know how hard that must have been for you to do and how awkward it must have been. And I thought about it. And he goes, you did the right thing because you work for John and not for me. And you stuck up for the guy you work for, which means your priorities and everything in the right order. And then from that, the rest of the week, I was like his apprentice. Yeah. He was like, come here. He'd be like, get out of my chair. Rory, sit there. Like, it was oh, like, God, yeah. And it was so cool. So then all And the this, guy who has to get out of the chair is looking at you like, you son of a bitch. I've been kissing this guy's ass for 40 years. Yes. Goes away mumbling. And he doesn't even know his name. He's like, guy with pants, get out of that chair. You know, I've worked here for 30 years, you know. You with the glasses. My name's Ronald. Yeah, Ronald. I'm married to your daughter, for Christ's sake. So it was very cool. But it was, to me, it's like, Having experience like that with a with a guy who's been in it, you know, and then unfortunately he passed away, but it was just a, it was such a treat. So Gil Cates yeah. is now your like mentor yeah, for the and, time that you're and there. for me, I've always had I always had that dream. I think everybody does. Like when you're when you when you're 
22, 23, that like some old like wizard Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff. Put their cape around. Yeah, and it's going to be like, you know, like, come here, young Padawan. Like, let me show you the way. So I was just kind of hanging next to the guy going, let me ask you a question, Gil. Like, you know, he'd be like, ah, crap. You know, somebody would be singing on stage and be like, her legs look way too shiny in that dress. You know, he would like make some offhanded comment about like, some professional singer or actress who was like singing. Some, and I go, ah, I don't like it. And I go, well, what do you do in a case like that? He's like, I tell her her legs look weird and then she cries, but we get a new dress on her. You know what I mean? So I and think I'm I like, remember you telling yeah, me Yeah, and I'm just story. like, yeah, yeah. wow, like, you know, it's just that. Like you had a new Gil story yeah, every night to exactly. share with us. Like, it's, you can't believe what he said Yeah, because it's, it's that thing of just like, it's before, like, you know, those guys worked through, it's like the reason your grandparents can be racist, you know what I mean? Because, like, their generation just, like, didn't know not to call Asian people well, Chinamen. It's, it's fun. Well, yeah, and they're a little crazy. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, and, like, you're like, oh, no, no, nanny, you can't say this. She's like, what do you mean? That's what we used to say. I'm like, yeah. I know, but you can't. And then I realized that what'll happen to us is, like, now we're like, got to say Asian, got to say Asian. And then when we're, like, 80, they'll change it to, like, Eastern, you know, like, uh, persuasion, yeah, and we'll be yeah. like, ah, Asian, like, you can't say that, Grandpa, ah, yeah. screw you, Asian's yeah, fine. It's you know so what I mean? funny that I and love like, that, that idea. And it's like, that will upgrade I love for that us, idea you know? that, like, African-American, yeah, you're not supposed to say that anymore. That now work, it's, yeah. you know, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, whatever whatever the new thing will be, and we'll be the old guys going, ah, look at this Asian guy serving me, you know, Chinese oh, dude, food. If that's know? not if that's not a bit of yours, you got to think <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, I've been playing with that a little bit, yeah. That's really funny. But it is a... Uh, so that was what was fun about it, yeah. And then you, you wanted to talk about something specific too, which was the um, rehearsal stuff that happens at the Oscars. And I don't. Well, think- let's 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 go let's let's go a little bit through you know the process. I mean that that's that's a uh, um, like we were responsible. Obviously, you got you, you got your monologue. You have you know like that board you're talking about. It has all the things that are John's responsibilities. And I remember it was just you know you, I mean you have your monologue. We had a couple of movies that we that we had or little little uh, uh, I don't even know if we did them that year but we had places where we had open things that we could do and then also we had like intro uh, you know John didn't intro every celebrity but you know sometimes they just said the booming voice from the top said ladies and gentlemen Kate Blanchett yeah, it's like Peter Coyote or something yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> Peter Coyote's a guy. Like, isn't he always a guy backstage doing it? Well, yeah, yeah. But it, so it would be kind of funny for him to say, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Coyote. Wait a minute, oh that's gosh. me. Oh, crap. Oh, my God, I've got to go. His headphones off. You, you just hear, like, the clink and the, 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 the footsteps going down the <laughs> and stairs. And the feedback. The, the, car, the, car door, the car door closing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we beat Peter Coyote across the street? <laughs> I can't believe the sound booth is across Should the street. Should just put him backstage? Insane. It doesn't make sense. So, um... So explain that so the way this works when you do the Oscars is there's there's this board that I was explaining that was in Gil's office and then ultimately becomes the rundown and in between each act. So it'll say, you know, open of show, John Stewart, opening monologue, and then it'll give you the amount of time allotted for that. So it'll say nine minutes or eight minutes. And then it'll say, um, you know, Ben Affleck comes out to present the Lifetime Achievement Award. And then, you know, act two in a break for commercial act two, you know, best supporting actress presented by, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, da da da. And then there's, you know, all the spots where John comes out. So in between, as you're looking at the run there, we have to figure out besides the um, and we don't write any of the patter between the, the keep that in mind. We're just writing. Yeah, it's a different. That's an, that's an interesting thing to point out that like our job was John and. There is a different, te- a totally it's different the team of writers. Bruce the Lanch team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they, uh, um, <clears throat> and we all got pictures with Bruce Lanch, yes. <laughs> who wore his, who wore his formal like funny shirt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the, uh, um, uh, but ended up being Bruce Lanch 
was I thought he was very impressive. Not awesome only, guy. Yeah, he yeah. was a really nice guy. Like because you have this preconceived notion of who Bruce Valanche is, just because he's just this Muppet kind of this. He's just he's just a guy that you think like, wait, who is this funny looking weird yeah. thing going on here? What is this guy? And then it's and and then it just completely blew that away because he was he was sincere, he was funny, mm-hmm. he was good, he was focused. Yeah. And he was nice. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I like, I really like yeah, this guy. Like this guy. Yeah. is awesome. I See, love I that he's that way. Couldn't agree more. It. And um, and there was a whole, and there was a couple of other guys who were like pattern writers who were also like kind of old school. Remember, there was a few of those guys like also like old school white white yeah, the, goatee they, guys. They were, it's it's a it's a team that kind of like uh, uh, does it year after year after year. They, yeah. These are these are their go to guys, and they do a lot of these kind of shows. And so they they're responsible for actually. It's it, talk about a tough job. They're responsible for the pattern that everybody get dumps on yeah and it's the stuff because it's like it's like hey it's never it's it's not easy to do and then and then it's re, it's even harder to get the celebrities to sell it sell it and, and it right. you don't right. get to rehearse with them. right they're re, they're reading they're reading it out of the prompter basically as they go where they half know it and, and some it, are better at it than others sure. some of them just say screw it look there's different skill sets in acting there's a type of actors who can you know memorize an entire you know uh, whatever it is, the monologue, Shakespeare. I mean, that's what great actors do, and they get in a character to become somebody. Very different than being able to sort of read prompter at pace yes, and then yeah. deliver and still have timing. And it's a very, almost it's a, be improvish in front of your peers on top yeah. of that. I mean, it's keep a very in mind difficult. That even for even for them, this is probably a relatively intimidating stage. Absolutely, very <laughs> you know, different. Like very very different to performing live in front of a, an audience, regardless of who the audience is. It's always more intimidating. Probably for somebody who, for people who don't do that. In other words, if you're an actor, to me, being, the idea of being on a movie set and having to pretend I'm somebody and a bunch of guys with microphones and cameras are following me Where around, there is it? yeah, and to I you have a to fourth like, wall, right? And I have to be like, up. and I have to be like crying and yeah. like pretend I. And, and that to me seems like the most intimidating and scary thing you can do. Being on a stage in front of people telling jokes or something, right? It, it, I'm less scared of. Of course, being on a stage full of famous people yeah, right. is extremely intimidating. So my guess is there's there's a lot of nerves just in general. But you end up with those little sort of moments of patter. And then John, as the host, will sometimes say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, to present the next award, and it'll be John Travolta. So we'll have to come up with a little joke, just a little t- throwaway joke to bring out right, John Travolta. Right. So what we did, if you remember... Was we they asked for those and we knew we could write those in ten minutes the night of if we really needed to. So just to fill in holes, we just wrote a bunch of nonsense jokes, not realizing that they were going to be rehearsing with stand-in John Stewart with the real actors. But coming they in. weren't supposed to use our script. No, they weren't. We told them not to. But then, of course, you know it's TV and things get miscommunicated, whatever. And it's not, you know, and and our jokes end up in prompter and we have like you know uh ladies and gentlemen uh, the man who has to live with with the well, mistake yeah, like, well, like, i want to get i want to i want to get to that specific thing it's a nice yeah. behind the scenes thing and this 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 introduces the well, topic this was of, your joke too this, wasn't it? this was uh, um I no i don't i don't yeah. i don't think so in particular but this this was a uh, uh this introduces the topic of introduces the topic of the of the people who's who get hired they're like extras who get hired to come in and play the roles of Nicholson or or Travolta or John or whoever um, tr- for for the technical professional run-throughs. stand-ins. They're professional stand-ins, and so they're the ones who who act like so. So when you when when uh, when they're doing the technical run-throughs, John comes out and does his monologue, and so this guy comes out and doesn't do a monologue. He just he's just told to talk for five minutes. Sometimes he'll try to tell jokes. That guy was trying to tell oh, jokes. Yeah. The guy came out. The guy that did John came out. Um, 
dressed in he had a one Young of those guy. kind of tuxedo yeah, 30 year old guy but, but he had but he had one no, of those silk had... screen shirts yeah, that had was... gunslingers yeah. <laughs> yeah. so instead of it being instead that? of it being a uh god and i hope he doesn't listen to this but instead of it being no, it a, like well a it was kid, funny you know yeah, i wanted i'm telling you i want to do it that's the best documentary in the world and they do the same thing they're, at the, at the so emmys good. which i've worked on with john and yeah. they do the same thing at the espies which i just did so essentially you got about 10 people that come in and i think it's the same people because i've talked to the producers that they basically get every time they do an award show because there's only three or four production companies that really produce these shows and um Gil, professional technical stand-in yeah. actors. So they'll so they'll do a thing where they go, okay, we're gonna rehearse, uh, we're gonna rehearse, and they have to rehearse all four scenarios of somebody winning, so the camera guys know what to expect. So they say we're gonna rehearse best supporting actor, and then they have one stand-in come out as John Travolta, or whoever won it the year before, and he says hi, and he reads the copy written for John Travolta, which isn't written by us, it's written by Bruce Valanche, and he'll say every year in film, blah 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 right, blah blah, right, right. and then he you know says something about how hard it is to be a female actress as a supporting actress, and the, you know this year's nominees are, and then he'll say you know Kate uh, Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow, Meryl Streep, uh, you know. And, and they have the they right. they have those already. So those are real. They right. they have those real. But then when they no, but announce they have the winner. It, but at this moment, so now they have instead of those those cards we were talking about with the pictures on it, they have these stand-ins sitting there seats. So they yeah. you're watching this oh, down yeah, in, the, right, in the writers' yeah. room, right? So you have this weird guy who looks nothing. By the way, when we say stand-ins, they don't look like the actors. They're just people. So it yeah. could just be like it'll be like some like skinny black guy playing John Travolta. Like it doesn't matter what who. And sometimes they're dressed up. Sometimes they're so, yeah. Sometimes they whatever. come yeah. yeah, yeah. They're some all, of them acted out more. Than oh, others. and they're like kooky too so there's a couple old people young people so they're sitting in the seats and then they, these people start to act as though it's real so yeah. all of a sudden the camera cuts to them as Meryl Streep and the lady will like smile yeah. and nod and then it'll be like some guy playing a woman it doesn't really matter they're just trying to get camera angles and then someone wins and then they want to rehearse all four scenarios so the camera guys know how to follow them to the stage right. So the craziest part is, so someone will win, they'll say Meryl Streep, and then the lady they gets up. They act excited. They act excited. Some, some of them. They hug the people around Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and right, then they yeah. walk up to well, the but stage. But they're kind of told to do that because it's also a timing issue. Right, So sure. it's sort of like, you know, take a little time when you're getting up. So they do all this stuff, but they don't really have people to work with. But it so is So watching weird, them do it is man. very strange. And they it's commit so to it funny. and go way over what they need to do. Yeah, then they walk times, up right. onto the stage are handed a wooden Oscar, because you can't use a real Oscar, because uh -huh. it's a precious metal or whatever. They hand them a wooden Oscar, and then these people proceed to start making a speech. And as they're making the speech, no one's paying attention to them, because everyone's worrying about the technical stuff. Yeah. So they're like, all right, Bob, shut the fuck up for a second. We're trying to yeah. do something. Or they'll play them off. Well, yeah. Sometimes they'll tell, yeah. they'll even tell one, probably, to you know keep going, because then we're going to play you off, because we want to have that happen. But they, you left one part out. When they announce, the, they because they go over the actual nominees, and... And, but when they announce the winner, they say, and the winner is, uh, for the purposes of this rehearsal only, that's right, that's right, that's <laughs> Meryl Streep. They have to, they say, have that, to yeah. say that because, because otherwise it might leak out. Yeah. Like, Ooh, it oh, I heard Meryl Streep one. Yeah, it's so it's funny. funny. But it's a really interesting world. Oh, and man. These people. And so, so then on what, what appeared to be rare occasions, when, when, when the actual star who is participating in the show is in town and there and willing to come do their role themselves, and at some point they all try to do it, so they yeah, know what so they're doing. Yeah, so they'll so they they'll they'll come. I, I would say it's a lower percentage of them that, that are there, and it's the other people that do it. And usually when they come out, they're they're cold. They haven't done it before. But at at this particular rehearsal, um, we kind of insisted um, so that it didn't leak because there were whatever. We insisted that none of the material that we had been working on was in the prompter. So the guy that was playing John just had to ramble. 
and and uh, um, and, and some had and some of the jokes. and some of the intro the intros were supposed to be like whatever or just straight or just straight intros or whatever. But one intro that we had written for um, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, who was hot at the time, right? He was very hot a lot at the of time. Movies, yeah. Had had come not that he's not now, but had come uh, had gotten into the prompter. And so, um, and and Colin Farrell was one of the people who ended up showing up mm-hmm. to be at the thing. And so, so, so the joke are, that we stand, had, and he's so he's, he's standing in the and, back and, listening to the guy with the gunslinger yeah, silkscreen. So we got to explain that shirt John. too. So the way you get like those shirts that are like have a tuxedo front on them, like a t-shirt that has the tuxedo front. This guy has that shirt, but instead of a tuxedo, he's got like two leather holsters like an old detective would wear yeah. with painted guns on them. Yeah, right, right, right. right. So it's like, it's so we, the, you know, we were just loving this it's guy. It's like the holster that the detective wears under his jacket, under but there's two of there's them. Two. And we're just like, really? Yeah. That was, that's, that was the choice. That's good. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, so we're all sitting downstairs in the basement of the Kodak Theater in this writer's room, like this windowless room that's like yeah. two but floors below, but watching the feed. And all of a sudden, the guy who walks out as, you know, whoever it was supposed to be uh, to intro- introduce, uh, was it John? No, I think it was John. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, right. a, guy, it was a guy playing right. John. Silk that, screen, yeah. so double silk guns. Screen guy. John, he goes up to the mic and he, so he reads our intro for Colin Farrell. Which was not Colin supposed to be in there, but I don't even know if we knew Colin Farrell was standing back there at the time. No idea. And we nor no did idea. we know that our stuff was going to be impromptu. Right, we didn't. But he started doing the joke and we're like, first of all, we're like, hey, wait a minute. So the, because we didn't even know Colin Farrell's there, but they're doing the joke and we're like, oh, they're not supposed to do our jokes. But he does the joke and we were going to use this joke. So that, and the joke was. But we didn't want to reveal it until the last. Last right, because so, we knew they would catch it. So yeah. the joke also, was, he reading, like, what the uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man who has to live with the mistakes made by Colin Farrell's penis, Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so the guy reads it kind of flat, not really selling it, and then. And we're like, hey, what the hell's going on? And then Colin Farrell comes Walks walking out, and we're like, oh shit! And then as that's happening, as Colin Farrell's walking out to the microphone, he did not have clearly a face, annoyed, very sour puss on his face. The phone rings in the writers' room, <laughs> <laughs> and I pick up, and of course it's Gil, and he's like, Rory, get up here. So I now have to run upstairs mm. and explain to Gil why he had to calm down a raging, you know, rightfully so. Because Colin yeah. Farrell's like, Dude, you, hey, asshole, like, you, I'm doing you a favor here. I'm asshole. walking out on your fucking Oscar broadcast. Hey, and you're saying, making jokes about my dick, you know? Yeah. And then I, you know, so I, well, so that was like the worst Gil experience. He was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I don't know. There was just placeholders. We're putting placeholders in, you know? It was, but I, and obviously Colin Farrell was quick to get over it and, and, and it didn't really care, but yeah, it was I, definitely. I wonder what it became. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember oh, what it became. But it probably became like the greatest, handsomest, strongest man. Like we man, felt so bad. You know? The man whose penis I wish I had. I know, yeah. Penis. Which is obviously true. I mean, the yeah. guy's a t- like, you know, uh, lives lives a life <laughs> any any comedy writer could only uh, Well, could there was only another, imagine. there was another funny one too. And I think it was that, was uh, Chris Bridges that year? What, was, I don't know. Who is uh, um, ludicrous. So Chris Bridges um, was uh, one of the presenters, and he wanted to. Um, he was in Hustle and Flow. Yeah, uh, that and, year, and, which, and, like, and, and he's transitioning into acting from Ludacris. Right from yeah from right. being from being Ludacris, and, which and, The Rock was also doing. Remember, we had to say Dwayne Johnson. Um, you couldn't say The Rock because yeah like yeah WWE right right. Well, with, but, whatever, but, yeah. but so we were ganging like on you know the intros, and one of them was going to be for Ludacris, and and so we came up with uh, um, we came up with the the. The fact that this uh, this next presenter is even here with us tonight is absurd. It's ridiculous. It is 
uh, unheard of. It, 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 it should, and we just went through. Yeah, we, just, we literally we just got out just the source and got yeah. every word we could just going through it. It's ludicrous. And we just loved it. And we just thought it was great. He wouldn't let us do it because oh, yeah. he would not be called ludicrous. Yeah. So we had to change. And so it was literally just like, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But, and that was when 3 Six Mafia won for best song for Hustle and Flow. Right. And so, so then this is an example of a joke being written. Like you know, backstage. on the fly in the back, yeah. which we were doing the whole time we were back there yeah. during the pod, during the broadcast, we're in our tuxedos in the writers' room. Yep. You're up, you're up by yeah, the and stage, then, and you guys are like basically and we're, we're IMing us, IMing to you yeah. jokes every chance we get. Like that was just, we, without even being asked. It's like here's one, here's one, here's one, and a lot of them got on. Yeah, and one of them was John coming back out after Three Six Mafia wins and saying, "Well, it's official. The Oscar, the the new Oscar count is official. Three Six Mafia won. Martin Scorsese zero. zero. <laughs> Because <laughs> he hadn't won. And it killed. Killed. That was such a good joke. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because you never really know how... Remember the joke John made about um, Dennis Hopper? Remember that? We wrote a Dennis Hopper joke, and it was something about, like, hey, everybody, Dennis Hopper's here. Uh, uh, I just wanted to let him know so he knew where he was. You know? like it, was <laughs> it was just a joke. I mean, it was a very basic Dennis Hopper did a lot of yeah, drugs yeah, joke, yeah. which we all thought. But we did that, didn't yeah. we? And yeah. then remember his son got really mad? Like his son. No, I didn't know Oh, that. yeah, there was like a, like a, I mean, we didn't know it. I think there was like an article about it afterwards. Like Chris, you know, Bobby Hopper, whatever his name is, you know, uh, very angry at John Stewart, low blow to his dad who hasn't done drugs in 30 years. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's Dennis Hopper, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. Stereotypes is stereotypes. Yeah, as far right. as I'm concerned, do, Dennis yeah. Hopper's always on drugs. Drugs, you, you know? might want to let that go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a good chance you'll hear a few more yeah, of those in but, your lifetime. But that's what's always interesting is, you, you you know, you think some things are just kind of silly, like light, fun kind of jokes. And then, you know, you just can't please everybody. Well, I think uh, we we got into, uh, you know, an interesting thing just as far as like, you know, filling people in on what the experience was like. Um, just logistically, you know, we did have these this kind of writer's office in the bowels, literally, like, drop-ceiling bowels of Kodak yeah. Theater. But that's also where all of the um, production offices are yeah, and yeah. the um, and dressing we saw, room. And after 3-6 Mafia won their their Oscar, we saw them in the hallway. We're all taking pictures. With yeah, them, you know. but what's so funny about it, too, is that that's when you really feel like... I think what's fun about an award show is they're one of the last vestiges of a true variety hour. So when you're downstairs in that area... It's also where all the dressing rooms are for the backup dancers and singers. Yeah, right, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're running around there in a tuxedo and then you, you walk past like six girls in like feather boas yeah, and, like, you know, like, and, like you're you know, backstage in Vegas. Right. Or something. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's, it's that old kind of that old stereotype of like when you see a movie about a Hollywood movie set and there's guys dressed as gladiators walking through the hallways. Yeah, they, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And they're, it's like, they're, yeah, but they're, they're, the wearing like a, they're, they're wearing a Mets cap and Nikes yeah, yeah. and smoking. It's smoking, the but they're in a gladiator outfit. <laughs> but there, yeah. was one, there was one time, like, uh, um, I, 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 I went for, I can't remember what reason I did this, but I went to uh, Colonial Williamsburg once. Yeah. And, uh, um, and it was kind of boring and ridiculous and silly. I think I was working down there. I was doing a gig down there, so we went. And... Um, but one of the greatest things was I just kind of went behind a building that you're not supposed to go behind. And there were three guys back there in tri-corner hats just smoking. And, and I was like, hey, dudes, come on, man. They didn't have those back then. That's really And they're all like putting them out. Yeah, like, really oh, okay. Hey, oh, ye old neighbor. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. 
<laughs> we found this fine tobacco in but our fields. But that's the vibe that's backstage in these things because yeah. you have all these kind of sort of crazy characters that fit into the gigantic stage that's back there. But when you see them in the hallway, a drop ceiling hallway in the bowels of the Kodak Theater, you're like, this is a diff- This is a totally different thing. And the makeup just caked on. And it's just a yeah. really weird, it's, it's strange. But so we were down there and... You know, we worked in various conference rooms during the week as we, you know, we, we, we first of all, we worked for like, you know, uh, you know, a month leading up to it, writing stuff and, and trying to get ahead of ourselves and, and working on whatever we can, what we're going to do with the monologue, writing all kinds of just one-off jokes, just just kind of write some Hollywood jokes, submit them, see what happens. And then um, and then we get there and we're working all week and refining stuff. And there was one time I was, uh, I, I think it might have been 06, I was out there with Jason Reich yeah. and we were working on the uh, um the the monologue and um for for uh assignments were relatively random um though um though i think i got this one because i've you know i was always seen as a bit more of a joke writer and a stand-up and be able to put together something like that well i mean you're you're like you're like just a joke machine when it comes to just you know cranking out like if i had to do a roast You'd be the first guy to call me. Like, I just need right, a lot of jokes. Get, yeah. You know, you, know, you like, might want to call Jeff Ross, and then yeah, I don't know. It's Jr. Yeah. Either yeah, way, yeah. The uh, um, so we had just sat through uh, John's read through of a monologue for Gill, mm-hmm. and um, and it was a really weird thing because just in a regular kind of conference room, and John's sitting, you know, trying to sell it, and you know, all these people, and it's like the laughter is always a little bit artificial. It's just very awkward and strange. It's doing stand up in front of thing. twelve people, <clears throat> right? And uh, um, and Gil says, "Oh, change this, do this, do this, do this." And then uh, Jason and I got assigned to um, make these changes and basically do sort of the at least semi-final draft of the of the monologue. And we're sitting there writing it. And we're like, "Oh man, I, I I wish we didn't have to get rid of this one. And this sucks." And I, what do we do about this one? And I, we should change this. And and for a second, we were literally like bitching about stuff. And I lit- and I looked at him and I said, "Dude, wait a second, man. We you and I are sitting here." writing what is going to be very close to the final version of the monologue for the Academy Awards. This is fucking awesome. Well, it's amazing how you can forget how awesome what you're doing is. Yeah, and I, rem- cause I, yeah. I remember it was such a moment because Reesh was just literally like, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. And it was literally like the Grinch's heart growing three sizes that yeah. day. You know, it was like, oh, this is great, and let's just keep doing this. And Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, you know, anytime you're... It's it's one of those things where when your when your job is the thing you dreamed of doing, there are those weird moments where you love doing you it. Forget you're doing, but it, then you're right? like, oh yeah, wait a minute, like because there are you know it's a job, so there are days where you just like anybody else. As much as you love your job, you'd still always rather be sitting on your couch, you know, what I mean, or yeah. doing whatever it is you want to do. But um, I was just going to say, by the way, when you were talking about that Colonial Williamsburg thing, and there's something very funny when you said I have a gig down there. There's just something very funny about you doing period comedy in Colonial Williamsburg, where you show up in a tricorder hat. And you're like, like yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? And it's like, and like you're you're in the town hall in Colonial Williamsburg doing what jokes do about what do ye do for employment? Yes, exactly. Or you're just like, boy, have you tasted her butter? It could be churned a little more. You know what I mean? It's just like all all period jokes. Um, and do not come down to ye establishment of yeah, business yeah. and knock yeah, the I penis. Don't, I don't knock the anvil out of your hand. <laughs> well, that's not even a joke. I am a yeah. blacksmith, sir. Uh, well, uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, hello? Is this corn um, cob on? So, uh, so I was just kind of like going through the, um, 
basic kind of structure of what goes on that we would go down there and we'd work on this stuff during a week we would rewrite this we would work on this there were films that you'd be working on we're not going to have time to get into that but you know that's just the product you know ideas for different kind of like little clips and and different ideas some things required more production than others and and then come that night um you know we get in our tuxes we go down there we have our passes you got your credentials you're feeling good you're you're in a room drinking champagne there's daniel day lewis it's like what the fuck yeah you're looking at daniel day lewis like dude you look like a spry 30 year old and yeah. you just got done you're gonna win you're about to win an oscar for playing like a 60 year old grizzled that's you i know you yeah. deserve this it's crazy and th- and so um and so then we go back, you know, underneath the stage, and you were next to the stage uh, with the with the computer, so John could come back and consult with you. Yeah, and, and I think and I think DJ or Steve was there. Think, somebody else. I think was maybe with both me. you and or, yeah. or one of you was going back and forth. But you kind of think like, okay, it's the time to decompress. But it was not yet because we had to go down there, and even though we're dressed up and there was there was liquor everywhere and stuff like that, we're like, we still got a job to do. We had to basically write jokes whether or not they were going to get on the entire night long. For for John to come in, just even on a bump back in, here's a here's a quick quip. And there was a lot of stuff that got on doing that. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, where that you're when you get in a groove like that, it's almost easier to just, you know, the the jokes just fit the moment so yep. much better. So much better than what so you So much was. better, yeah. And um there was also the thing too that was was interesting. Cause remember we had that big open plan with Javier Bardem because he had done No Country yeah, for right. Old Man, and then he couldn't do it. He had like a he had a conflict um, with a movie he was shooting or something like that. We had a plan to do yeah the yeah. The, the, the cold open was going to be a, a play on the um, No Country for Old Man with with Javier Bardem. Yeah, I think John was going to be they were going to be in bed together. Or, or John was going to be working. No, it's always so funny because all those Oscar opens always end up with somebody. Oh yeah, he was going to be. It was going to be the coin flipping. Yeah, it was going to be like John was the the guy at the the cash register yeah, yeah. at that scene with him. You know, flip the coin, and then he just couldn't do it at the last second. So we were, we sat in the room. We got a fruit basket out of that. Right, movie. I think we know we got a cheese plate, and we which we which we all loved because it kept being like. I think after that, anytime anyone saw a cheese plate who worked on the Oscars, we'd be like, oh, what happened? Javier Bardem bailed or something. Yeah. You know? And um, as though all Javier Bardem, yeah. all cheese plates come from Javier yeah, Bardem. That's right. Yeah, Javier Bardem <laughs> like, must have done something yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Wait, there's like, cheese here? And by the way, we were like, yeah, no big deal, man. Like, you're Holy Javier shit. Bardem. Like, if yeah. you can't do it, like, right. nobody was mad about it. It was like, yeah, yeah. he's got he's got to go win, do some other amazing movie. But we're going to book you for everything we do from now on because we love cheese. Yeah, plates. exactly. Let's just keep yeah, asking just, him just to do so because I love that cheese. But he, but then we started trying to come up with ideas for another open and one of them we all were sitting in the room we came up with this awesome thing which was john pitching it was like john pitching a movie idea or john pitching an oscars open and it was like to a chair and then the chair turned around and it was like spielberg or scorsese like we had this like crazy awesome idea that we just figured it's the oscars we can do anything right and being really excited, everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, like go run that by Gil." And Kevin Blyer and I like ran upstairs. Like we was like, "If we get this in by eight, Gil will prove it. We can shoot it tomorrow." And we get upstairs and we get in front of Gil. And we're like, "Hey, we, you know, we know it's late, but here's this idea." And we do this whole pitch. Where I'm like, and then we snap zoom. You know, we like have our hands yeah, yeah, in the right, right, in the right. rectangle. Like we're like re- like real movie producers. And we're going through this whole thing. And he goes, "Fellas, I love it." You know, and it was like awesome. And he's like, "We're not gonna do it." Not for this show, you know. <laughs> not for this show. Not good for this show. But I love this idea for your show. You should do this on your show. But it was so funny. Like he let us do this whole fucking pitch. Went through like yeah, twenty like, minutes. He could have stopped us like three minutes and be like, guys, this is absurd. We're not getting Martin Scorsese and like Brad Pitt to come into an office. You know, whatever crazy thing we have with costumes and if we get through this whole thing. I'm like, and then fade to black. Here comes John, and he's like, love this idea. 
just not for this show. You know, yeah, it's like, right, well, right, that right, we're yeah. pitching it for this show, yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> just FYI. Yeah, I mean, there was really no other reason. We yeah. had nothing else to do with it. You know, you could have stopped us. We could have been, we could have been drinking scotch for 15 yeah, minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sharing some of those M&Ms, pal. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> it Pass was just, them out. but there were, but it's, it is stressful, man. It's not, it's not, it, there's these really fun moments like the dinner we had the, with the, with the glass. Oh, remember? God. And I have that, I have that picture. I'll, yeah. I'll tweet that. that picture and too. The, there was, the, we, we went, the thing is, we, we, uh, we all went out. There was one night where we, maybe it was like thir- I think it might well whatever night it was. It was clo- very close to the Oscars, if not the night before. Um, it was Friday or Saturday night, and we were all going to go out to dinner. Okay, let's go. I'll go out to dinner. Let's relax. Let's have a good time now because you're leaving the night after, and you're not going to see each other and suffer. You're leaving the day after, um, and you know we're uh, there's a tendency to just go to a steakhouse, but we're like let's not do that. Well, it was funny too because John was like, "I'm taking everybody to dinner, any place you guys want to go," but you know. Like you said, we always do go to steak houses, or, yeah. or, which is always fun because when the Mortons they come in we with the big broccoli, not, it was yeah, just right, destroy yeah. the guy. Yeah. Well, I've done that. I've said that before. Like we, anytime we get together for dinners, we always just go to a steakhouse, and I, you know, I guess yeah. that's so. Even though there are women who work here, yes, you know, it's sort of like for yeah. sure. It's just and it's always, always just, like four hundred yeah. a person. You're like, really? Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. like a two pieces of of, of steak and a, like a spoonful of cream spinach. Yeah, Why am now, I throwing four hundred dollars cash? Now, now, the now like I think the last dinner we all went to, somebody was like, "Do we uh, do we have to do we have to go to a steakhouse again?" And I, I remember saying like, uh, um, "Listen, listen, let's let's." Let's not limit to that. We don't. We don't have to go to a steakhouse. We can do something else as long as they serve cream spinach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as long as they bring in a cart of giant broccoli long, ahead of time. As long as they serve cream spinach. Yeah, that's all. That's then, all that matters. Yeah, then, that's all then, we care about. Yeah, we can, so so the restaurant that we go to was a was this fancy upscale sushi place. It's kind of it was like not a, and, yeah. and not the kind of thing that like John would generally you know not even eat at all right because he's and not he did, the, yeah. he, like he just. He didn't want, I don't know if he, he didn't want to eat raw fish. He thought he'd make it sick. But I don't know what was going on, but he just wouldn't eat a thing. And it was just, a, it was kind of a miserable night for him. And the place was making this big scene out of serving us. So they would come out with like this parade of people. Total, it was like a Vegas show. It was like everything John hates. It was like a total LA, like cheesy scene of a sushi place with like small plates and a lot yeah. of like sassafras <laughs> next to like tuna. You know what I mean? Like there was, And there was some chemical shit going on. So yeah. The picture I have that I'll put out is um, there. There was one course, and, and I can't way, even remember what it. We had a hundred plates that night. Yeah, there, there were just, a bunch of courses. John couldn't eat any of them, so he's just eating like the carrot on the side of our plates, <laughs> and we're giving him all these things until they got to one meat course where we all gave him our meat course because the thing's like a bite. Yeah. So like, so he ate that, and I think this this was not the meat course. This was another it fish was a course. Smoked tuna. Smoked thing. So they. So the, so they literally we look back and it had been and each course is also like a fucking half an hour in between yeah. courses and it, it was and, brutal and they couldn't be served in a more pretentious manner yeah, and yeah. then this dish came and out we're like well they, this one wins you so know? they you just won so they so they, we look over and there's just there's there were fifteen of us so there's literally like fifteen waiters standing off to the side and we're like what the hell is going on here they're all they they're all holding these platters that have an upside down cognac glass filled with smoke and they come down and they put them down each each one of us has his own waiter they put them down in front of us and john's just john just is looking at this thing like this is still happening have i landed on an alien planet we go in and out burger and and so then i'm a simple man i'm a simple man (laughs) can i get a slice what is slice of pizza boys we did not need to have smoke he had the look on his face is just priceless and they think they're doing a picture of it too yeah yeah well that was just the thing was like before we let them t- lift these things off, 
literally, and this is what a good sport John was about. He's starving. We've been there for like two hours. And this thing, they set it down in front of him. We're laughing because he can't eat anything. And we're just, we're laughing. And literally like five or six of us, it's like the fucking paparazzi. We're just taking... We're, we're like, like wait, we're, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait. They want to take the thing off so we can all eat. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So we're Over like, here, John. Over yeah, here, John. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just sitting there with this John trying to look on his face. And it was so funny. And then they take it off and the smoke comes out. And yeah. he's just like, okay, thank you. And... And then oh, after God, that, so, so then funny. after that, even we were in these huge like suburban vans or something, or suburban like uh, yeah. the the, the um, uh, SUVs. And um, we, you were with us when we went to yeah, in and out. We, they, they rented like four big suburban SUVs for us to drive. We didn't have drivers, which made it so fun. Yeah, so we're driving like this giant thing, yeah, and yeah. we and we drove it through the through the drive-in of an In and Out Burger <laughs> yes. after this meal, yes. so that we could get In and Out Burger. Yeah. And with, yeah, because it was like, and that, we're like going over the curb. And of God the thing. knows what that cost, man, because it was like. <laughs> it was just one of those places that yeah it, yeah this it, bite it, it, like the food's delicious but it's not filling it's all about the style oh, and that the was look it, yeah that, the, so that was yeah. the classic it was almost like the terrible terrible punchline was John getting the check at the yeah, end yeah and then at the end of the whole <laughs> thing we're like thanks Mrs. Stewart yeah, yeah. hey and this ass thanks a lot oh, it was so, we're going to in and out burger if you want to come so with us so funny yeah it was so funny but what's <laughs> funny about doing stuff like that sometimes is you go to the wrong place and. It's a better story than when you go to the right place. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's like, who the hell would have remembered us going to Morton's no, for man, steak? Was, you know, was that was just, just so classic. And it was also just every dish that came out. We were like, I'm sure the next one will be something that you'll enjoy. Oh boy, this oh, is that's boy. an eel. That's yeah, an eel. Yeah. Jesus Christ, here it comes. And it's still alive. It's we have to kill alive. it ourselves. It's I a little bit alive. All right. Okay. It it's, really, is it a, supposed to move? Yeah. Supposed to be gelatin on top of this. That's nice. Oh God, that was so funny. Um, any other uh, uh, stories you can remember? Uh, just no, like other than other than the night I think you invented was that night when we drove home from that sushi restaurant was the night you invented Cat Zeppelin. Cat Zeppelin, yeah, which yeah, was, where, uh, which which went on way too long. Which is which, just oh no, but it, it, to me it should never have ended. Which is basically taking a Led Zeppelin song and just singing it with meows. And we weren't even really that high. Oh or my anything, god, but, that but was we, funny. Yeah, and so just kind of thinking. That's a classic kind of comedy thing that like I, I don't I don't know how amusing that's gonna be to anybody listening to nope. that. It's not nearly as amusing right now as it was then. It was just humor in that something at that moment made that the funniest thing to us that we had ever heard in our lives and we couldn't stop. Yeah, because well, there's and a... every time and then there'd be like a little bit of quiet. There'd be like 10 seconds of quiet, and then somebody kicks in. Yeah. But, you know, the 10 minutes of quiet is everyone going through the Led Zeppelin catalog in their head going, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And, but I think that what that is, and that's what I think is when the moments are as funny as they can be, is we're all exhausted. We're all trying to be funny. After a while, you're, you know, you have like this directive and you're writing jokes, but they have to be a certain way and they have to be a certain thing. And there's a lot of, you know, you keep fitting kind of everything gets narrow or narrower and you put, you know, further in a box. And like, you just need to get silly because you forget sometimes that you have to be funny and you have to get in that giddy, silly mood so that when you hit the other stuff, it's, you know, when you're writing the, your seventh pass on that, like, John Travolta yeah. intro, you're just like, ah, you're just, like, kind of, like, letting it go, you know? And that, that uh, um, and and again, with the timing and the vibe of what's going on, it's one of the reasons that so many of the jokes that are written night of 
just happened to get on the show. It's totally. sort of like you're just prepping yourself. You got your framework, but you have to be open to like, okay, anything can happen. Let's be prepared for that and let's make that happen. Yeah, and you're also cutting stuff that you worked on on the fly. Because yeah. it's just like, well, there's no room for this bit or this bit. Which one wants to go? And just Gil yeah, going, right. which one do you guys want to kill? And John going, I guess this. It's like, all right, and then that one's gone. You and then you go, this- man, we worked a lot on that. You know, but that's just comedy in general, right? There was there was one other story I wanted to tell. Was like, uh, um, I believe this was this was the this was definitely '06. Um, uh, Travolta was um, uh, award. He was doing Best Picture. He was giving out Best Picture. So he was there at the end. And we had all kind of like made our way up to the back of the stage to go out there afterwards and meet up with John and whatever um, uh, to get pictures on the stage. Yeah. So the whole thing ends and we saw Travolta backstage and a few other people and like there's Scorsese for whatever, you know, that for whatever reason. I saw all these people that are right there now, which was kind of exciting. And they have their Oscars and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then they just kind of go away. The show's over. We go out on stage. We're going to take a group photo with John on the stage and as a professional photographer and all that stuff. And so... Um, I, so we all get in there and I knew I was kind of on the end, you know, but like the guy's getting ready to take the picture. So we're all gathered around, got your arms around each other. We're all sitting there and I know I'm on the end and the guys, so, but I'm not going to look around. Somebody comes and puts their hand on my shoulder and, and I'm like, I I remember thinking like, I don't, I don't know who that is, but I'm not going to turn because the guy's about to take the picture. Yeah. Takes a picture, I turn around, and it's John Travolta. Yeah, and that picture hangs in our entryway. Hangs in the entryway. It's fun because there's a few pictures around the, the building, and I think that guy, well, I, I know want for, that picture. Oh, wait, so Art Schreiber, who's this amazing photographer, and there's one in my office of John and I and James Dixon having a conversation in the theater, yeah, and you get a, a picture, and you yeah. can see all of the seats, what we're talking about. So there's that's a, a lot of good ones. Yeah, there, that yeah. one, the one down the writer's wing hallway we have where we're all, it's, we're all sort of like in the writer's room Yeah, talking. and John's in that one. Yeah, and so, I, have, I have my, and the cool thing about that is I'm sitting with my back to the camera, but I have my Oscar hat on backwards. backwards so yeah, and I'm like design. about to take a bite of a potato chip because I've walked past that picture so many times. So there, you should you should post, a, you know, take pictures of those and post yeah, them because yeah, it'll yeah. give people a sense of what you're talking about. Um, but I think like uh, we've, we've kind of covered some stuff. We're looking yeah. forward to to uh, um, seeing what uh, um, what Seth does, yeah, uh, I think, like you said, I think he'll be great at it. Yeah, and he's again, a, he's a guy that he's a guy that's not it's not you not that you're necessarily tailor made for something, but he has the extra skills yeah. that that can that can turn it into something that can be more entertaining mm-hmm. in that setting. Yeah, you know? and and the, in the um, you know, the hope always is is like you work so hard on it, and it's always you know, I it's so funny from the perspective of somebody who's worked on it. I'm not as harsh of a critic as the critics are because you're going, no, in the realm of writing an Oscar joke, that's really funny. And like, it may have played weird because you're in a big room and no one's laughing and like you're in a wide shot instead of a close up. But it, you know, that's a good bit. And it it doesn't always work. And, you know, it's just that, so it's just that thing of, um, and of course we're backstage, not the ones out there feeling the, you know, yeah. that, oh, that didn't work. And you're just going like, in, in your head, I'm like, I think I wrote that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's Jesus just Christ. like, oh, Nicholson, man. Nicholson just got up and left. I think yeah. I saw Nicholson, if his glasses were off, I think he yeah. rolled his eyes. I'm yeah, I think sure. I heard somebody go, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that's um, that's it. Let me uh, uh, let me just say that uh, um, one of the things about working at this show, uh, as long as I have, has been... Uh, Seeing people come, sometimes, you know, seeing them go is not a good thing, but going on to move on to do uh, uh, other things and and uh, um, and be successful at that. One of the very interesting things about being here this entire time has been to watch, to see people go through these transitions and, and, and stay grounded and be cool. And, um, and your story is the same. 
uh, having started here in a certain position and and going up the ranks due to like hard work right from the beginning and backstabbing, totally, murder. You well, know, there's a little bit of in. that, but but yeah. but in all honesty, like uh, like I respect it. It was never particularly surprising, and you've done an amazing job. It's uh, it's well, great I appreciate to work with that, you, and I, I appreciate you. Being it's here. very very nice uh, to have uh, someone like you say that because Jr. has been here for a long time, and he's one of the writers here that always was so cool to me he's a stand-up i was tr- i was starting to do stand-up he gave me so much advice so you know i was you were one of the guys i remember when i started here being like man i hope someday like i can hang out with that guy or like impress that guy so it was very cool for me now to be in a position where like we talk to, to each other as peers you know and i'm not like excuse me mister. Well, let's, let's excuse not get me. excited well yeah you know i still i still always <laughs> i don't look at you in the eye i mean you know i'm not crazy no, but i rules. love that but i love that you know that there is that thing of like yeah like that would be really cool to get to a level where you know I can, you know, shoot the shit with a guy like that. So it's it's cool, man. Well, that, you've, you've gotten yeah. there, you've gotten there, and then some, and, and well deserved. And uh, thanks, man. Um, thanks for being a uh, yeah. Guest this was fun on Writer's Block podcast. See you later, everybody. Say good night. Good night. Good night, Jor.